We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Joining me is the one and only Jake Morley, who was a huge part in the Green Bay Draft Guide, and I'm so excited to be talking to right now. Uh, I figured you've had a lot of Andy over the last couple of days. We've done a couple of live episodes. Uh, I've done uh, right after basically each of the picks in the first three rounds. You've had way too much Andy. So to save my voice and to save your ears, I got you some Jacob Morley for today. So Jacob, welcome to the show. So excited to be talking to you about the draft. Yeah, man, it's been... It's been a 48 hours, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us work, you know, quote unquote, normal jobs as well. Uh, so going to work on Friday this morning and, and doing that and then having to come home and, you know, do the draft on top of all the prep work that we do in it. You know, we love it. It's so much fun. But we, we're at that yeah. point right now, Andy, where it's like, OK, the, the day one and day two picks are in. We've done a bunch of prep work on all these guys already, but you never feel like it's enough. And now no. that they're Packers, you want to go watch every single snap they've ever played. And you want to get your takes out there about what you think about these guys and 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 all that stuff. And I think that's why we do it, right? It's 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 a blast. Um, I think hope springs eternal this weekend. And, you know, for my money, Andy, the Packers took four future Hall of Famers, right? I mean, there's there's <laughs> we'll no other way that. to put it, right? Why not? Let's shoot, shoot for the stars. I think so too. I think it's fair to say none of these guys are busts. They're all uh, no. like the best picks in every in every round. You know, it's going to be fun to go through these guys. 
Um, and I'm right there with you, like breaking down these, like it's opening presents as soon as it's done, right? Like as soon as I am done recording with you today, guess what? A lot of Luke Musgrave tape going on, a lot of, uh, you know, Tucker craft tape going on some Jaden Reed tape. Like we're going to go into all these guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, um, like you said, we've both done the prep work. You've done a ton of it. And, uh, really want to pick your brain on these guys before we get to day two, just your really quick, you know, view on the, the Lucas Van Ness pick. Uh, obviously I haven't had a chance to talk to you directly since they made the pick. So, um, uh, just kind of your overarching feel on that pick from day one. Right. I mean, I was very much, you know, on record being a JSN or nothing type guy. And, and I, and I, if I had a time machine and I was goody and if I could go back, that's who I would take. I would still would take him at 13 just because he wasn't the pick doesn't mean that's not what I would do, but I like Lucas Van Ness a lot. I think yeah. he is, is a really exciting young player all the trends that the Packers kind of got away from last year, they kind of circled back to this year. I mean, edge, premium position, uh, young, kind of underdeveloped player, sky's the limit. You know, I think he's he's one of the youngest players in this year's draft class. Yeah, he's still young. So, it, and you look back at, I mean, Jair was Goody's first draft, right? And you look at all of his first-round picks, Lucas Van Ness is the least surprising pick that he's made. I mean, that was just a guy we had talked, we had, we had put the dart on him, the, the bullseye and be like, this is a guy that the Packers are going to be interested in from day one, lo and behold, the pick rolls in at 13 and, and that's the pick. Right. And so you can't be mad about that. I mean, right. stick to, stick to your guns, Brian. And I think he, as we know, he is not going to be swayed by us. He is not going to be swayed by what's going on in the media or what's even going on with some of the players on the team. He is going to stick to his board. He is going to do what he does and what he's been trained to do. And, you know, you know, punters that have shows might want to say he's not a very smart GM, but I think history would show that he actually is a really good GM, especially in the first round. His yeah. first round picks have been, have been very good. And, that's not the case. You know, not everyone is, has been a, has been a huge success, but you look at any GM in the NFL, everybody has, you know, skid marks on their resume. That, that is just how it goes. But when you're hitting at like an above 65 near 70% level on the value you're getting from these first round picks, you are a highly successful GM, especially in that range. So uh, that's my expectation for Lucas Van Ness is they have a plan for him. They're going to bring him in. I think he's more, I think he's actually more ready to play right now than Rashawn Gary was. I totally agree. Which, which is crazy, Andy, because Rashawn Gary was a number one overall high school recruit came to Michigan with, with all the banner stuff that you could possibly ask for. <laughs> and, and the knock on Rashawn at Michigan was he didn't really get better when he was at Michigan. He still was a toolsy guy. You saw it in flashes, all that. But Van Ness is not that guy. Like he did, he played hockey in high school. You know, imagine that thing, 270 pounds on skates. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like that's that's a terrifying thought. He, he led and his high school in penalties too, by the way. Imagine that. Like I, I, I read penalties. that. Yeah. 56 minutes, which uh people that maybe don't understand hockey, I think he played like 26 or 27 games and and had 56. <laughs> penalty minutes that's a, that. <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot that's it means you're getting in trouble every game mm -hmm. um but you watch him play too and i think it was either brugler or, or jeremiah that said like he plays with some insanity to his yeah, game brugler. and i think man 
Packers fans that really wanted a, a pass catcher at that pick, I think are probably happier with that pick today after what they did in round two. But in any case, I, I don't think it's going to take very long for Packers fans to be wearing their number 90 Van Ness jerseys at Lambeau Field. He's he's a fun player, and him and Rashawn Gary, uh, that, that, has, that has the prospect for being something that's very fun and something we haven't seen in Green Bay. And, and I say that with knowing full well we have had Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith as the bookend pass rushers in Green Bay in the last five years. Yeah. Um, this could be that, but bigger better. and younger. Yes, Cheaper. and and I, li- I really like JJ Nibari as a swing guy behind those two too. It's a different, it's a different spice, it's a different variety mm-hmm. than what you're getting from the the two power guys on you know off the edge and Gary and Vanessa. And then all of a sudden you've got a little bit craftier, you know, kind of smaller edge in in um, in, in Nibari. And I I love that. I love the change of pace. I love that they're bringing something different. So. Really like the what that room could look like in a couple of years. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Let's transition to day two, because um, obviously that's the the most recent uh, of the the selections and what everyone's going to want to know about from today. I want to I want you to take me through what you're what's going through your mind at the beginning of round two. You get a couple tight ends off the board right away. Laporta goes actually before mm-hmm. Michael Mayer, which is a little bit surprising. We now know, um, you know, Darnell Washington falls due to medicals. He ends up going at the end of round three, which obviously there was some medical concern. Steelers obviously felt comfortable at the end of round three taking them, but uh, it doesn't seem like anyone had him in play clearly, obviously in round two. So, um, but w- walk me through what you're kind of thinking as the, you know, a couple of the tight ends go off the board and what you're kind of hoping for at pick 42. Right, and it's it's always an interesting exercise to kind of go through that and stack your board against what actually happens. Because at the beginning of today, I'm sitting in my basement just thinking, man, I will be, I'll be over the moon if they can land Luke Musgrave and Jalen Hyatt. Like those are the two guys I want. And I'm you're sweating you're sweating it out because I thought Hyatt would go at the beginning of today. Yeah. And he just didn't. He, he stayed on the board for a long, long time. And so there's probably some concerns with him about coming from that offense, you know, in Tennessee, you know, basically, basically all this stuff that anyone that didn't like Jalen Hyatt would have told you, this is why I don't think he's good. Clearly the NFL buys some of that stuff, it, it would appear. But, you know, with Musgrave, like when they got to that pick at 42, you get nervous because you start to see you start to see that that run on tight ends with Laporta going and Mayer going, and just with the way it's been with the Packers the last couple of years, you just kind of get used to that feeling of like, man, it's going to be depleted by that. You know, even though with this tight end class, it's still not depleted. Like that's the thing. Sure. We're sitting here going into day three. There's still dudes out there that you can get, and they might pick another one, but. That that was kind of my thought process, and then when I saw the pick was Musgrave, it was just kind of like it made sense. It made so much sense, and he's a guy that I was thrilled to be able to get at that point. Um, I think I said even a couple of weeks ago, you know, everybody had been drooling over Darnell Washington because of the athleticism, because of the size all that stuff because of the couple highlight plays that you see on YouTube or the one-handed catch you saw at the combine. That's what people see. And that's what people think they're going to get on a play in play out basis. Darnell Washington is a, is a really good football player. If he would have been the pick, I, I would have gotten it. He would have been someone to get excited about, 
But when I look at him and I look at Musgrave, they're both massive human beings. Like, I don't think people, I think when Musgrave gets to camp in Green Bay, people are going to be shocked at how big he is. Agreed. He is huge. I mean, he is every bit, you know, 6'5", 260-ish is what he played at. And, you know, Darnell Washington is a little bit bigger than that, but everyone drooled over how big he was and how athletic he was. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait a second, Musgrave is pretty much just as big as him. And you look at the two things that both these guys do well, and everyone went nuts about how good of a blocker Darnell Washington could be, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. That's awesome. But I, I look at those two guys and say, but Musgrave is the guy that could be the pass catcher. The playmaker. And, and since when do we value run blocking over that? And so it just was kind of wild to me that that's who Packers Twitter kind of went after. And, and really not just Packers Twitter. I think a lot of NFL fans fell in love with Darnell Washington. And I hope he has a great career. And honestly, I think he will. I think he's going to be a good NFL football player. But I think if all things hit on all cylinders, Musgrave is the best tight end in this year's draft class. And that's not – you know, that's not just me. That's, you know, at the at the Green Bay draft guide, Luke Musgrave was our number one tight end. And and a lot of the reasons for that. So we have six guys that do rankings on positions. So these guys go through an entire filter. It's not just me giving the ranking for it. There are six guys on a, on a 100 scale. And Luke Musgrave was not everybody's number one tight end, but he everyone liked him. If that makes sense, everyone yeah. liked him enough that the composite scores we looked at it and we're like, oh, he's our tight end one. And so that's just kind of how it worked out for us. And, you know, the injury stuff isn't isn't great. It's not fun. But uh, I don't think that always translates to the NFL. I think he just had some bad luck. And I think, man, if they if they can keep him healthy, if they can keep him on the field and if they can teach him how to play NFL football, they could have an absolute star on their hands. This uh I don't know if this is going to seem like a weird apples to apples, but it feels sort of eerily similar to Christian Watson from a season ago where Christian Watson, in my opinion, and I know there was, you know, really good wide receivers last year. If every one of them hits their ceiling, Christian Watson would have been the best and could still be the best wide receiver from that draft. Like that's the talent that he has. Obviously there was not a, a ton of playing time. It was a different offense to lower level, you know, th those sort of things. Those are some of the questions a little bit different than Luke Musgrave, but not entirely different in the fact that Musgrave didn't have the production at college. I also believe that if every tight end hits their ceiling, that it's very possible that Luke Musgrave is the best tight end in this class. And I think that he is a playmaking tight end that people are going to fall in love with very fast. And I think those are two really fun playmaking options. And I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's all that much different. Now, obviously we'll see if uh, Musgrave can have some of the productivity in his rookie season that Christian Watson had when he got going. But um, like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's all that different. Yeah. And that's, and that, well, that's the other side of the coin though, too, is I don't know what our expectations should be for two rookie tight ends just, just because his, Historically, it's it is it's a hard position to transition into the it NFL. Uh, so, the the thing about it though, too, Andy, is it it always was interesting to me that it seemed like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers were always kind of at the end of the rope with him. So they were more willing to be like, let's go get the veteran tight end, the guy that can probably come in and play right away. And they weren't as willing, you know. Of course, they took Sternberger, they took Deguara, all that stuff, but they weren't as willing to go after tight ends like this that might have taken a little bit more time because with Sternberger, he was an all American, like he had the film, right. And I, I love Jace and he, it, you know, but it didn't work out for him in the NFL. And 
you watch his tape and you're and you would think like this guy is ready to play in the NFL, but maybe he didn't have the athletic traits to be a starter and a contributor yeah. in the NFL. And then you look at these are different types of guys in Kraft and Mus- Musgrave who maybe aren't ready to play in the NFL, but they have the athletic tools to eventually be that way. And I think Brian, you know, Goody said it today. He's looking at this group as a whole and kind of looking at them as, you know, this is a group of guys that can grow together in the next three, four or five years. That's what I'm most excited about, to be honest, is just the ages. Uh, running back is the outlier, but like the ages of a lot of these players on offense here, Jordan loves, um, yeah, obviously the two tight ends they got, uh, Jaden Reed, who we'll talk about in a second, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samore Toure, I mean, some of the offensive linemen, you know, we'll see what happens with Josh Myers, but Elton's still very young. Um, like they've got some really fun pieces, Zach Tom, obviously, that are young and are going to be able to grow together. And I think that's super exciting for this Packers offense. And I think Matt LaFleur is going to be able to bring them up together. And I'm glad you tempered expectations with the tight ends, because while we're both excited, I think for both of these tight ends, as you mentioned, in my opinion, outside of quarterback, it might be the hardest position to transition to just because of all the nuance of all the receiving stuff, all the blocking stuff, the pass protections, the blitz pickups, the audibles, the the calls, all of it. Like there's just so much, your head's just swimming at tight end in that position in the NFL. So it's going to take these guys some time at the same token. I do think that Matt LaFleur knows how to work with weapons like this. And I'm very hopeful that he's going to come up with creative ways that even though they're still learning the position and even though it's going to be a lot that he can find ways to get wins for these guys. How, how frustrating is the red zone been the last season and a half, two seasons? Like these are two guys that are going to be able to help you win in the red zone. I think like that's going to be a potential upgrade just in, in it, like immediately having a guy like Luke Musgrave, you talked about his height and his size and how it's going to wow people having that type of guy in the red zone. It just inherently is going to give you more options and like a, a safety valve for Jordan love all throughout the rest of the field too. So I think it's smart to, to temper expectations a little bit at that position. We've seen it be a position of uh, you know, that needs some growth, but man, two very, very fun players. And we'll, we'll obviously talk about more on craft in just a moment, but um, yeah, super excited about Musgrave. Yeah. And then, I mean, you look at like Jaden Reed is someone that I think you look at of these three guys, like who can come in and play right away. I think it's probably him. And, and he might be, he, when they picked him, it was very much like, a, I wish I would have, I wish I would have talked about him more because you go back and you, and you look at him and I'm looking at my notes. And even in the write-up I, I wrote in the fit, like he is a very sneaky fit for green Bay. Because when you look at what they traditionally have valued at the wide receiver position, he does not disqualify himself in anything. He is like that guy that is just kind of close in everything. And the biggest thing that you look at for the wide receiver position and something that I think has so much merit with the Packers is they do value production at that. You know, Romeo Dubs had two years of 1,000-yard production. Uh, when Greg Jennings came out of Western Michigan, he like was top three in the NCAA. Same with Devontae Adams, same with Jordy Nelson. I think James Jones had like two or three years with like plus 750 yards. Christian Watson, same, same story. You know, he played in an offense that he wasn't getting targets, but Jalen Reed, there you go. Two, two 1000 yard receiving seasons. Uh, and he's someone that is going to bring a ton of special teams value as well. Uh, what you watch him play, I said it, I think I told Westendorf like a couple, like a month ago when I first watched this guy or two months ago, I was like, he, he, 
he's a little bit of like a discount Jackson Smith and Jigba when you look at him because he he is probably a slot only. He's not a tiny slot. I mean, he's not a big guy either, but he's not like your Josh Downs of the world. He's not your Zay Flowers of the world. He is a little bit bigger than those guys. He's almost, yep. you know, he's almost a full 5'11", playing at like 191-ish. Uh, not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination, but for as far as slot goes and, you know, what they're going to ask him to do, I think he's someone that will go in and mix it up in the run game. Uh, he sticks his nose in there to block. Uh, Goody talked about it today. I think I think they value willingness to block more than anything. They just want to know: Will you stick your nose in there? Will you block? Because we'll teach you the rest. Yeah. And and uh, and and Reed will do that. And he's a kid that it'll be interesting to see what they do on day three. We talked about it with the the Eastern Carolina kid. Uh, what's his name? The running back that brought him for a visit. For a visit. Yep, I know what you mean. We, and we all talked about him as like that that uh, that motion type guy, that guy that you can send in motion and you have to respect and you can give some of the jet sweeps to and still have Watson on the outside doing what he does. Um, and Reed is that guy. And the the what excites me is Reed is a really good punt returner. I think a lot of people maybe don't haven't gotten to that yet. Uh, he is he is a guy that is consistent with catching the ball. I don't think he fumbled one time as a punt returner. Um, I'll have to dive deeper into it. So, but the, my first impressions of him on special teams were he's very confident in catching the ball. He has a plan. As soon as he catches it, he doesn't dance around. He's kind of a get up the field type guy with him and Keyshawn Nixon as your primary returners. That's exciting. With, especially with, with, a, with a young quarterback that man, like let's not ask this kid to go 90 yards every, every dang time. Let's get him at the 40. Let's get him at the 50 a couple times a game with some of these returns and try to steal points that way. And I think the Packers, when you look at the way they're drafting and you look at the way they're building their team right now, it, it does seem to be a lot more holistic than what it has been in the past with this just kind of like, if we're wrong, Rodgers will fix it. And that's great. That's really nice to have. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone would turn their nose up at that, no. um, but they don't, they don't have that anymore. And nobody likes Jordan Love more than I do, but, He's not going to be that guy year one. He's not going to be the guy year one that's going out there and making them right all the time. And if he is, then everything went right, and they are that that, that window is wide open again. But and that'd be great. I think we'd all be doing backflips, but like nobody's expecting that. So uh, the way Reed fits into this offense with what he can do, and I think I think it was Brian or uh, whoever the other area scout was talked about how he's a four down player, and I think that's right. And, and they got really good value. We had a fourth round grade on him. So I thought that I thought pick 50 was, was a bit rich, but there are two positions, Andy, that when the Packers take a guy, I just, I just say, Hey, I trust them. yeah. Yeah. And, and so wide receivers, one of them and offensive line is another. And so if they were higher on, on Reed than I was, then I will just assume I'm wrong. And I'll just, I'll just try to highlight the things I like about him and try to downplay the things I thought he would struggle with because I do trust the Packers and their ability to uh, to evaluate that position. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Keaton Mitchell, by the way, the running back you mm -hmm. were looking for. Um, it's so crazy 
how it's gone from Ron to Ted to Brian and how the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And in the Packer way, one of the things that Ron talks about that they look for at wide receiver is returnability. And the reason being is because, of course, if you can return in college, it's probably going to lend itself well to what you're going to be able to do after the catch in the NFL. Um, if you've got a little bit of that return juice, you're probably going to have a little bit of that yak juice. And that's what they look for. And um, it, it, they haven't always done it recently with wide receivers. It's something that they've done traditionally, though, if you go back a ways, all the way back to Ron and Ted. Um, but it's so funny because what is one of the things that Brian mentions in his uh, press conference right after about, about Reed? It's exactly that. It's like, well, he's got returnability and we think that's going to help him with rack in the, in the NFL. And it's just like, it's so funny how, like I said, the apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree. They've had these same philosophies for 30 plus years now. And it's not changing anytime soon. And like you said, what we need to do next year, Jacob, is you you've, you did an amazing job in the guide with uh, labeling like all the, and I've stolen this from you as well, the tier one Packers, like guys that just hit every single threshold. We need to do like a sneaky Packers, like you said, guys that don't eliminate themselves. Um, and that like, you know, around that six, seven RAS range that are still Packer guys, uh, because like you said, he's a little bit of an outlier, but he's a really fun player and he hits a lot of the things that they look for. He's got that returnability. I just love that he's got a little bit, same thing. I've, I've been talking about this all day, but a different flavor than something that they have on the roster right now. They don't have a Jaden Reed on the roster. They just don't. Like they, they didn't have that type of player and guess what? Now they do. And we'll see what he can bring to the table, but he's going to be a really fun piece for, for Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur in that offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what he can do with this team. I'm excited for uh, for these guys to be running around in shorts at camp and for us to write all the fluff pieces about them. And oh man, it's just what a, such a great time of the year. It's all going to be Hall of Famers once we see them in shorts at uh, at uh, you know rookie mini camps. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go over Tucker Craft really quick. Uh, your your thoughts on Craft in round three? So I don't. You know, a lot of people know that our pal Ross Uglum covers the North Dakota State Bison. Um, and I think a lot of people at this point realize that I've kind of, uh, I've kind of ridden Ross's coattails into being able to kind of work my way into doing a lot of, uh, photography work for that team and, and being able to, uh, go to games and basketball games, football games, all that. I grew up in North Dakota, so they're a team I've always rooted for. They've always been my team and Tucker Craft played at South Dakota state. And to just put it in perspective, um, at the FCS level, it's it's basically it's like Georgia and Bama 
at the FBS level. That's South Dakota State, North Dakota State at the FCS level. They're the two best programs in that division. Um, it's always the last several years it's coming down to one of those two teams. And Tucker Craft was an absolute pain in the Bison's ass the last three years. And he's someone that I, I tweeted today, you know, it took me all of about three minutes to get over that. And to be like, <laughs> all right, he's ours now. Yeah. He's just ours don't, now. Don't have to fight him uh, anymore. It would have no, been worse and, if he was a Viking or a bear, right? And he is – he's one of those guys, and Packers fans will probably realize this soon enough, he is one of those guys that you hate to play against, but you love having him on your team. Um, I think he even said it today. Like it very much from what I understand about his personality – um, he's a very outgoing guy. He's a fun personality type guy. I think he said on the conference call today that after he got disconnected, he was like, sorry, I, I had a couple of drinks yeah. as I was waiting to get picked today. And he's just kind of like, hey, this is who I am. Um, this is what I'm about and love it or hate it. And what that reminds me of, honestly, and I'm not saying he's going to be these guys, but as far as like personality, for whatever reason in the NFL, Personality wise, the guys like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Gronk, Gronk are all very boisterous individuals and they all play the tight end position. And that personality wise is who Tucker Kraft reminds me of. And I think he could very much uh, be that guy, the tight end you type guy, you know, caping for his position, uh, having fun on the football field. And I think Packers fans will really like him. I mean, he's he's been a fun guy to watch. But beyond all of that, Andy, he's a really good football player. I know, right? You, you, you look at his RAS is well above nine. Uh, they got two freakazoid athletes at tight end, and Tucker's one of them. And that's always been interesting to me because with Josiah and Jace, like they both were not great athletes. So it was kind of always hard to tell, like, Hey, everyone knows you need to take freak athletes at tight end. Why don't the Packers know that? And I think they did. And now they're showing us like, hey, that's what we're going for. And uh, Tucker is someone that if if Luke Musgrave is more of your tight end that you want to split out and be more of the receiving threat, I think Tucker has the chance to be more of uh, the inline guy that can do some of that other stuff. I would say right now, Tucker's probably a little bit more well-rounded than than Luke is. Um, I think Luke can, I think Luke can do some of the blocking too. Like I, I think too. Brian said it too. He's like, he's willing to do it. They just did not ask. They did not ask him to do it very much at Oregon state, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I will say this too about Tucker craft, you know, Dallas Goddard went to South Dakota state as well. Tucker craft was always someone as a, just a fan going into those North Dakota state, South Dakota state games. I was more worried about Tucker craft than I ever was about Dallas Goddard in those games. And it is because Tucker Craft had the ability to just run his face through people as a run blocker as well, and then still had that elite receiving ability at that level. And at that level, North Dakota State just didn't have an answer for that. You know, they've, you know, North Dakota State's had guys that have gone to the league, like your Jabril Coxes of the world, that could go out there and, and match those guys blow for blow. They didn't have anyone for Tucker Craft, and it was apparent. And the thing, I know this has gotten some some traction as well. Tucker Craft had, I mean, he was he was hotly pursued by Alabama to come yeah, play the tight end for there. And so that just speaks to the respect that he had in, in college football. 
And and it is kind of cool. You know, it's not cool that he went back to South Dakota State and whooped up on my bison in the championship game. But it is cool that he is the type of guy to tell Bama no. Like, hey, this is I'm I'm from this area. I this is my team. I grew up with this team. These are my guys. I'm I'm riding it out here. I'm coming back to win a championship here. And they did. And that's neat. I think that's cool. I think that speaks to what Matt LaFleur wants in this locker room as far as personalities and as far as like that band of brother type mentality um, that it, it seems like they want in Green Bay. And so I'm, I'm really excited to watch him develop too. I think they have two tight ends that have a lot of learning to do. Uh, one, one in Musgrave who has got to really learn how to play tight end, not just be a big receiver. And then Tucker Craft learning to go from that level to the NFL level and being a, you know, a week in, week out contributor. But, man, we, we said it at the top of the show, Andy, and I'll say it again. I like the Luke, Lucas Van Ness pick more today than I did yesterday, and I liked it yesterday. Now, when you start to see the whole picture and what they did on day two, going and getting those weapons and uh, and getting the help for Jordan Love, because I was very much team, you're telling me you're, you're going to go into the season with your young quarterback that you put it all on the table for, and you're you're betting on Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs to be your two guys, and I love those guys, love those guys, but that just doesn't seem very smart. And to to add this youth infusion, even if they can't come in and be the guy that you run your offense through, they can come in and give you three, four catches a game. Yep, you know, or two each, and Reed throws in two. Like it's it's going to be. It's going to be more of a committee like they wanted it to be last year, but I think there's going to be actual a lot more. There's going to be a lot more talent this year than there was last year. So it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds and how Jordan Love is able to play with these toys because ultimately, Andy, that's he's the, he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink, and we don't really know what he's all about. So uh, we're fixing to find out. It's going to be fun. It is really going to be fun. I'm. This is one of the most, uh, you know, excited I've been for a season in a really long time, just because it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. It's probably going to be worse. I'm okay with that because it's, I just think it's going to be something different. And right now that's just unique and fun and refreshing. And like I said, I'm really excited for it. I really liked how good attacked the tight end in this draft, knowing that it was a very deep position. As you mentioned, there's still guys out there. Um, I really like a guy like Josh Wiley that's still out there. There's a couple other ones that are still really fun, uh, but he went after it like I, w- I would say aggressively, but like smart aggressively. Like he didn't chase it in round one. They didn't go and feel like they had to get Dalton Kincaid in round one or anything like that. Even round two, Laporta comes off the board and Mayer comes off the board. And we didn't see Good get trigger happy and be like, oh, we got to get up and get. They waited. He waited patiently and he gets Musgrave in round two and he waits, waits patiently again and he gets Tucker Craft in round three. And I thought he played that extremely well. And this was one of the deepest tight ends in in tight end groups in an extremely long time. Maybe one of the best tight end groups ever, at least from a college standpoint. We'll see how they transition to the NFL. And he got two of the better guys in this draft with extreme upsides. And uh, I just really liked how he attacked the tight end position. Um, Speaking of Josh Wiley and, you know, some of the guys that are left on the board, who are some uh, Jake Morley or maybe some tier one guys, tier one Packers that you still have uh, left on your board that you're going to keep an eye on in day three? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, are they going to add another pass catcher or two? I think they have nine picks left. They got a lot. So that's that's crazy. 
Um, I, I doubt they make all nine of those picks. That gives them a ton of flexibility, flexibility to move around if they want. Um, but a guy, you know, as far as just wide receivers, uh, they've added Reed, who I think is going to be a slot. I think you still want to add, you know, that bigger bodied outside type receiver. Um, A.T. Perry, I believe, is still sitting out there. Um, Don Travion Wicks is another guy. Both those guys, tier ones. And then Grant Dubose is another guy. Those th- Of those three guys, um, I really think one of them will be a Packer. I don't know where. I don't know when. But I, I think one of them will be um, at the tight end position. There are still so many guys like uh, Will Mallory from Miami, I think, is still there. He is someone I really like. Uh, Josh Wiley, the Cincinnati kid, I I like. I've heard the Packers like him a lot. He, If Brought he's sitting in. there on day three, would not be surprised at all if they just take a third and say he was too good to pass up because it's such a deep position. We're going to get into day three, and I think other teams as well are just going to be like, dang, we already took one, but this guy is way too good to be sitting here. Just take him. Um, I think you know they still need to they they probably still need to add an offensive lineman or two. That's something that Goody has done since he's been here. I would be surprised if they don't add at least one. They've got, I believe they've got like eleven guys under contract, so maybe they don't this year and they just say, hey, we really like the prospects that we have. We've got some holdovers from last year we really like, and we're just going to continue to try to you know develop those guys. That could be something I wouldn't be shocked with. Um, they do need they need a safety. They. They do. They need a body. I don't, I don't know if, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, we talked about this before the show. Like, I don't know if he's going to be good, uh, but they need someone to go out there and play the position. Um, but guys that I really like, there's one or really there's two guys left that I really like at the safety position. Um, I don't think either of them are guys that you would be like thrilled about if they had to come in and start right away. Um, they're more of like your developmental day three types, but you never know. Um, Anthony Johnson Jr. is one of them. And then Jay Ward. Uh, so Anthony Johnson Jr., the Iowa State kid. And then Jay Ward, uh, LSU. Those are two guys I, I really like. Uh, Chamari Connor is another guy, Virginia Tech kid, uh, who is a, a tier one. Uh, so he's a tier one. Anthony Johnson's a tier one. Jay Ward's a, a tier two just because he misses the weight threshold. But, um, you know, it's not it's not like a, a disqualifying uh disqualifyingly lightweight or anything like that. But uh, those guys are interesting. I also think, man, D-line is something that they, they again, they need bodies uh, to throw out there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, the uh, o- Ojimo kid, I don't think he came off. Uh, he's someone that I really like. Did he, he come might off? have gone end of uh, like round three. I think he did, but I could okay. be wrong. If he did, that wouldn't surprise me because he's a guy I heard was going to go earlier than what we expected. Uh, but other than that, there's not a ton of guys that that like are going to hit their thresholds at, at the defensive line position. And and maybe that's something they you know, when you get to day three, and I think it is something when they get to day three, uh, they're more willing to kind of bend on that stuff. I think the thresholds are definitely more like a top 100 type thing. Uh, so we'll see, uh, if Ojimo has gone, Dante stills from West Virginia is, is someone to keep an eye on. Uh, interestingly enough is, so as you can tell, once the Packers picked craft, I was doing other things. So I, I may have missed some of these guys, but, uh, did the Northwestern kid go off yet? The D end, the DN three tech guy, which one, uh, um, my guy at a, at a, at a yeah, is he still sitting there? Still sitting there. Yep. And I wonder if I'm a Jomo, so maybe he didn't get taken. 
But so well, yeah. yeah. So those, yeah, just names to keep an eye on, um, and and we'll see. I mean, day three low two is is you know Ted Thompson is still the spirit of Ted Thompson is still at twelve sixty five Lombardi because they still will take some guys on day three that you're like, who the heck is that? <laughs> and I love it, and I love it. So uh, you know, keep your eyes out for those guys, and it'll it'll be interesting. Day three is one of my favorite days. Uh, just because you really, you really are left just with the nerds, the draft nerds, and it's just you know dorks like us, Andy, that are probably still on Twitter talking to each other, and people would look at us and be like, "What are you guys doing with your life? Why are you talking about some ki- some kid from uh, you know Ryan Miller who played for the Furman Paladins <laughs> you know last year?" And it's like, the "Well, thing. it's the best thing." Yeah, yeah, Joe so. did not get taken. You were right. Okay. I was wrong. That's why you're on today uh, to, to clear things up for me. So no, he did not get taken. Uh, Edibawari is still there. Um, some guys that I have left on, uh, you know, that I had on my like top 25, most likely Green Bay Packers, Corey Trice, the corner out of Purdue, mm-hmm. um, Isaiah McGuire, the edge out of Missouri. Um, let's see, Israel Ab- Abanaconda, the running back out of Pitt. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver, Virginia. You mentioned him, Josh Wiley, tight end. Evan Hall, the running back out of Northwestern. Mahmoud Diabate, the linebacker out of Utah. Ryan Hayes, tackle Michigan. Bryce Ford Wheaton, the wide receiver out of West Virginia. Scott Matlock, who they had in for a visit. Defensive lineman out of Boise State. Trevor Reed, the offensive lineman for Louisville. And then I think I had some honorable mentions. A.T. Perry, Anthony Johnson, Jason Taylor, the second. Um, Tyson Bajant, the quarterback, and then Jordan Howden, who they brought in as well. So those are some names that I had uh, on my list and who could potentially, with nine picks at his disposal, like you said, Goot's a, a walking, you don't know what he's going to do at this point. So anything and everything is on the table. And we saw, you know, every once in a while, they're willing to go outside of their normal, thre- or not thresholds per se, but like, uh, you, you know, not a 9.99 RAS guy. Uh, Jaden Reed wasn't that, and you never know what he's going to do. So it should be a really fun day three. You know, and, and Bajant is an interesting guy. You know, his dad is like a two-time world uh, arm wrestling champion. I only do because I beat him in his last match. But other than that, <laughs> no, I don't know that. Okay, casually, yeah. Yeah, so that, that would be an interesting storyline in Green Bay. And when you get to those day three guys, sometimes that's that's all that that's all they ever are. <laughs> it's yeah. just a fun an story for a couple story. of weeks. Um, but, yeah, he'd be cool. Yeah, he's a he's a fun player. Was it D two or D three? D three, I think it was. Either one, one of the D, two. Yeah, something like that. And he, he was, was he was awesome. Very was productive. Really very productive. Yeah. Wherever he was at. Yeah, he's he's going to be the next uh, Ben DiNucci. He'll be in the XFL in a couple of years. But like you said, fun story up until then. Mm-hmm. But maybe not so bad of a late seventh round flyer. Uh, Jacob, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. I gave Jacob all of like 30 seconds before joining me to be like, Hey, do you want to come on? And he's like, yeah, let's talk draft. So, uh, that's, uh, the kind of guy that Jacob is. I hope you enjoy day three of the draft. Where can we find your work? Where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, just head on over to my Twitter at Jake at Jacob Morley, um, firing off tweets. I'll be firing off tweets all day today, tomorrow, whenever you guys are listening to this going into day three, um, Try to keep it positive. I get accused of being too positive on draft day sometimes, but what's the point in being negative, right? So uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure we'll do some stuff at uh, packerreport.com when when this is all done as well. And then, of course, Pack-A-Day podcast on uh, Tuesday. Uh, you know, Ross Uglum and I, are, we've got only just a couple episodes left. So uh, make sure you check that out uh, on Ross's farewell tour. 
Very much so. Appreciate everything you do, Jacob. Go follow his work at Jacob Morley. You can follow me at AD Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packet A Podcast. Remember, uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, Jacob, I think, is going to be joining me for that as well. We're going to do a live draft Q&A uh, right after the draft is over. So keep an eye out for that link over on Twitter. Um, but that should be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for both Jacob and I today. Hope you guys all enjoy the rest of the draft. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.